The Neo Reality Entertainment brand expands with a relaunch of the Neo Reality Collective Pop Culture News Talk. Your host, Eric Brown, gives his insights and thoughts in the ever-expanding news world of comic books, professional wrestling, gaming, TV, and movies. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa. Hey everybody, been a long while, I know, and now I'm not talking about the pop culture news talk we've always been doing, no, 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 what's been a while has been the talk of reviews, yep, NRC Reviews is back and hopefully better than ever, hopefully, uh, <laughs> uh, last time we had really talked about anything relating to to reviews on this chant on this podcast has been ultimate invasion number one and i think that might have been probably five months ago yeah five months ago june 22nd that was the last time i did a review instead of a uh pop culture news talk probably because I was at the time getting so close to the 75th episode and then all these delays happened and then I had these editorial videos I made I helped make with uh illegal helping me with uh, uh of uh editing the whole project but um yeah <laughs> yeah it's been a good it's been a good few minutes but uh, we're back, and to start this off, we're going to talk about something daring. We're going to talk about a Titans crossover event, issue one. Yep, Teen Titans, the fam- the Titans, or formerly known as the Teen Titans, the famous group of heroes that always get on the short end of the stick of DC Comics editorial team, has been positioned in the in the past year as the new Premier League of the new Premier Team following the events of Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. And they are now replacing the Justice League, albeit temporarily, let's be real, the Justice League will be back. Uh, the Titans have taken center stage and they're being written by Tom Taylor, who has been writing the Nightwing books, so it made kind of made sense to have Night, not the Nightwing writer go ahead and do a Titans book but heading into all this after multiple issues of both Nightwing and Titans we and some tight and some uh, Tales of the Titans miniseries that happened they decided okay we gotta keep advancing the Dawn of DC plot which is involving Amanda Waller and all this hilarious night jinx we got to get to Night Terrors and Night Terrors was a horror themed event yeah, and that was a 50 issue, more or less, 50, 50 comics just to cover the whole basis. There was the miniseries, the two bookends, and the tie-ins that were all one to two issues long. So, yeah, after Night Terrors, so let's try and get things in check just so we can get things going underway. Uh, Dark Crisis had ended, and Amanda Waller has been tasked by the light to destroy the entire superhero community because Amanda Waller is under the pres- presumptuous belief that the great disaster is looming, that, you know, 
I don't think it has anything to relate to the Kamandi timeline since that takes place later in the future. But I wouldn't be surprised if they start teasing that that Kamandi is actually part of this plot down the road. And she's been instructed by the Light to use every resource needed to commit mass genocide on the metahumans. And she then later would go ahead and hire the Secret Society and what remained of the Legion of Doom at the time to go ahead and basically give them full carte blanche, a more open, open season suicide squad to be given full pardons and clean records to anyone that kills a single individual hero and they would be hunting down everybody. Following the Night Terrors event, superheroes and the perception of them have dwindled considerably after seeing the Nightmares monsters versions they saw in their dreams, so the public is, well, very scared of the superhero community now because of course they are. Despite stopping uh, Insomnia, the, the damage was horrendously done. However, Amanda Waller took advantage of the opportunity here. During this whole thing, she's been secretly orchestrating her own cabal of sorts to prepare for the destruction of the superheroes in the Metagene. And she has had Peacemaker and his and his uh, sidekick Peace Wrecker. You learn more about Peace Wrecker in the uh, in the Green Arrow comics by Joshua Williamson, since he's still state since he's still the head of DC of this current era. But to make it even more, they took the they took the sort of the MacGuffin from the night from from uh, the Helmet of Hate during the events of the Donald DC premiere on Free Comic Book Day tie-in issue, and then they later would use the Night Terrors in MacGuffin to go ahead and create Doc the Doctor Hate, uh, a very Golden Age Silver Age name that. <laughs> is being done in the modern world, modern times, because we might as well just embrace we're insane. So, Amanda Waller has assigned Dr. Hate to take out the Titans, and this event ties into all this stuff. The Titans are now under Amanda Waller's scope, and it's only a matter of time until all hell breaks loose. But before we get to that, uh, there was an interview that was conducted a few days before the release of the first issue of the comic, where Tom Taylor talked with Newsarama to discuss the whole event. Following the event of Dark Crisis and Infinite Earth, the hierarchy of power has changed in DC. As the article starts, the stalwart guardians of Earth, the Justice League, allowed another group of heroes to take the center stage for, for at least for now, the Titans. Long considered a training ground for the Justice League, the formerly Teen Titans have now grown into their roles as the planet's premier protectors, and not everyone is happy about it. And as mentioned, Tom Taylor would help from Ivan, with the iconic artist Ivan Rias, takes some of his Elseworld sensibilities and thrusts the Titans and specifically Beast Boy to the forefront of the DCU with the Titans Beast World event. And he was asked a bunch of questions, talking about what made it the right time and what made it everything going on. And the, and the artwork previews we got were pretty damn good. As Ivan Rias, this kind of comes with it. But this is all tied in to control to basically continue the storyline that Joshua Williamson set up in the Dark Crisis event, the Night Terrors event, and his Green Arrow books. And even included stuff from uh, from other events going on in the DC universe at the time, especially since Wonder Woman is now outlawed. Don't worry, we'll, we'll get to the Wonder Woman outlaw in an editorial piece, hopefully down the road after enough issues come out for me to give a full critiquing of the whole thing. 
But, yeah. With this storyline, Amanda Wall is set to play a role in this event according to the solicitations that came out. And, <laughs> yeah. When I heard that, um... Tom Taylor was going to bring his Elseworlds sensibilities. I was like worried initially because it was like Elseworlds are always out of continuity storylines or part of the parallel many Earths, but yeah. Continuity of the DCU. Okay, so let me just try and bring this up to speed. The DC continuity of the main DC universe has taken very rearrangements over the last few years alone with the confusing reboot of New 52, Rebirth, and then the editorial constraints going on over in that time period with Dan DiDio and aka Danny Boy and his attempts to destroy everything and everything positive that was being done. And then when Dan DiDio was on his way out because of the pandemic and all that and 5G was canceled, the DC books were more or less in a very, very, very precarious state because their overall continuity, the thing that keeps everything, every title aligned into the fact that it's a one cohesive shared universe, was more or less taking a backseat, and everything was then thrown out of the loop, and everything was crazy. Because what was going on in the Justice League books with Batman and all that, oh, well, nope, uh, Batman is not involved. The stuff that you get from Batman in the Justice League by Scott Snyder was not the Batman you were getting in James Tynion and Tom King's as Batman. There was stuff with Bane that was going on that was never brought up in the books. The Three Jokers plotline was more or less forgotten about until it became a DC Black Label and then later retconned out of continuity as his own separate story. And there was going to be a follow-up initially, but then um, Ghost Machine happened and, well, that's been kind of a mess right there with the whole what plans were going to happen at DC and what was go and what's now going to happen with Jeff Johns leaving DC entirely to work exclusively with Image and Ghost Machine. But, yeah. There's always going to be these continuity snarls from time to time, but DC was at a horrible state in that time period. I'm kind of amazed they managed to make it through all this. Especially when Dan DiDio was trying to make the reboot happen to to reset the timeline, create a cohesive timeline, and age up a whole bunch of characters to replace them with a, with their legacy counterparts. But people didn't like that, and well, death metal sort of had to be rewritten in some areas. And of course, death metal happened, and that would set stage for Infinite Frontier. Infinite Frontier was a good success, and then it went to Dawn of DC, following Dark Crisis on Infinite Herbs, that also took some retcons from Death Metal, more or less the hands and the Omniverse stuff, and more or less the status the Omniverse in the, the, the new, the Dark Crisis event, because of course this, 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 this is so confusing, isn't it? And now we're in this Dawn of DC event with the new staging grounds and all that, and Tom Taylor working on this and bringing his Elseworlds sensibilities worried me initially because as much as I like Tom Taylor, there's continuity snarls that could happen from when you're bringing the Elseworlds stuff into what's supposed to be a very dense continuity heavy universe. Like, I'm not saying there's retcons and, and there's some mistakes made, but there, there's certainly going to be some risks involved with this when you try to bring in the Elseworld style to match with the current status quo of the DCU is at. 
So, yeah, there, there is a bit of an issue with issue one. And when I realized it, when I was seeing this, I was just, oh dear. Oh dear, uh, did, did we get an explanation? Did, did we get an explanation from this? Yeah, um, yeah, we, uh, from what I've gathered, and I actually talked to some comic book fans online and elsewhere in my uh, outside life after I had recovered from uh, sickness, that no, they have not addressed a certain missing thing character that could honestly have helped solve the problem before it actually happened and the event would have ended after like two issues but because we have to go with idiot plot we just aren't being told to forget that happened and confuse the living daylights at everybody I, I, I'll tell I'll tell you what it is in a minute but look here's the thing Tom Taylor's writing is pretty good he has the characters in 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 their methods but the plot is the uh confusing part we'll get to that once we cover titans beast world number one and see how the epic event starts here with the titans at the center stage of the dcu there's a pattern but the pattern was lost and loose afterwards when we got ahead and wrecked that sewing machine that I need to fix. It starts with despair. Ah uh, yes, Dan Didio probably is already having a hard-on from this. Humanity is on the brink of self-inflicted extinction. Ah, ch the Church of Blood leader. <laughs> yeah, turns out uh, he is a central character in the Titans books, and it's revealed that he's a Tamaranian. And he's leading a cult that just happens to be named after the church of, uh, to the name of Brother Blood because that's the perfect start to doing to go ahead and show yourself that you're not insane. The greed of a wealthy and powerful few, the climate crisis, the unregulated exponential growth of artificial intelligence. Ah, keep reminding me that the world sucks in my triumphs to escape from it. Our end is is nigh. Eh, don't worry. It's gonna be a small thing, and then we'll forget about it after next week. So yeah, some people will go ahead and argue about Tom Taylor's surface politics, as they describe it, because he's not really making a point. He's just saying stuff. He's not really making the point about the political and economic status of the real world. It's just there to remind people yes, humanity sucks. That's just the vibe I get. And then comes hope. Oh god. Hope. Uh, I'm pretty sure Dan Didio then lost his heart on realizing that hope was going to be hopeful in this. But today the Church of Eternity strikes back against fate. Prepare your god king Pop Funkos for the Great Ascension. Today, we reach out to take our place amongst the stars. Yeah, because it's not like NASA or any other space organization is trying to do that now. And I am very proud of all of us. So yeah, the entire world is for some reason watching this, including schools for some reason, unless he hacked the entire broadcasts. I'm like, I get why there's a big broadcast going on, because, it, because of why they're in space but I'll get to that in a sec. 
of all of you watching at home who contribute to this moment. I am proud of all of our followers who have aided in humanity's quest for continued existence beyond this, the planet we've used up. Yeah, it turns out that this big billboard sign is saying that the Church of Eternity has explorers have reached Titan. Uh, I'm pretty sure Thanos is not going to do anything about that. Then, inspiration. And then I lost it because I have poke, I have pro procrastination issues and I can't stop it. The Church of Eternity's explorers have crossed the void. And their star drive has pushed them beyond the rings of Saturn, beyond what we could imagine was possible. Um, you... <laughs> okay, this is not really Tom Taylor's fault on this statement, but there's been, like, tons of characters... <laughs> okay, We're, this is the DC Universe with the Green Lantern Corps, the Justice League having multiple aliens in their group, and the fact that there's, like six different Green Lanterns living on Earth. Probably seven. Or eight. I think we're past ten at this point, I think. So, we should theoretically already have some space outposts at this point in time, considering how crazy we go in the comic book world. Like, even in the, in the Marvel Universe, they had, they had in the 90s spaceships with lasers that are just never brought up again. Anyways, Ace, Brother Eternity continues as we speak. Their ship is descending through the dense atmosphere of the moon called Titan to the only body in our solar system other than our own with lakes and seas where we hope our dreams of a better world can continue. And finally, inevitably, triumph. And then back to being despaired and horribly depressed afterwards. And that is touchdown on the, our greatest hope. Our future is now in the hands of the Forever Knots. <laughs> oh god. That's one small necessary step away from our doomed Earth. One giant leap into tomorrow. Neil Armstrong is mad. Meanwhile, we get no more narration about hope and triumph and whatnot. Despair, hope, inspiration, triumph. It was a pattern the heroes of Earth have repeated so many times. But the pattern was about to change. Ah, uh, yes, because DC heroes have never undergone big drastic changes and whatnot. That's why Hippolyta is still the queen of the Amazons and not dead and amongst the gods. Wait. Uh, Brother Eternity, do you read us? I can hear you. There's something strange ahead of us. It looks like a temple. They were about to face something they couldn't triumph over. It's alright. Your worship is stronger than you can possibly know. Have faith and enter unafraid. There are markings on the wall. Go closely. Let me see them clearly. Can you hear me? Yes. Brother Eternity, broadcast my voice to the moon, please. And then he speaks in Ancient Tamaranian. As Starfire points out, those words, Cory? Ah, yes, Nightwing and Cory. Uh, the couple that I really wish was still getting together in the comic books because we don't, we don't have enough material in other media to go ahead and keep them together. 
And instead, Nightwing's with Barbara, and well, I despise that mostly because it's just a too easy pairing to do. He's speaking the language of my ancestors. He's speaking ancient Tamaranian. Nightwing then contacts Oracle. Oracle, do we know where Brother Eternity's broadcasting from? I still haven't located him. And Donna, Raven, Starfire, Cyborg, Flash, be ready to move in case. He's death to the goddess. Death to Exal. Translated from Tamaranian. Brother Eternity! The... <laughs> Oh god, the forever knots. Uh, then proceed to run and get subsequently murdered by a collapsing temple. Uh, so the forever knots have uh, been drastically killed off in a matter of pages. Uh, at least you lasted longer than that one, than Gwen Stacy when she was resurrected by God and lasted like a page. That happened in the Judgment Day event tie-ins of Spider-Man. You would think that would be a much bigger deal. So anyways, uh, Brother Eternity then just says, No, that is not my name. They, and the narration continues. They were about to experience defeat. Ah yes, because that's never happened before in the DCU ever. Nightwing then makes the order. Let's move! As Beast Boy comments. Oh, what a shock. The leader of our cult turned out to be a bad guy. I... I, I hate to point this out, Beast Boy, but y'all knew that the moment when, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Flash was almost killed, and then another time when he was killed, and then he traveled back in time to solve his murder, and it's now alive because they stopped it. Comic books are confusing. Meanwhile, Cyborg then creates a boom tube to the moon of Titan. Raven, before you go, it's alright, Gar. I can feel all the things you want to say. You don't have to worry about me. You know what I'm capable of. Sure, but even the strongest people deserve to have someone looking out for them. I'm not used to it. Even though my character is about 60 years old at this point, I am somehow still not used to it. Just be careful. And Beast Boy and Raven kiss. Yeah, in, in this continuity, Beast Boy and Raven are a couple because fans really love the dynamic from the Teen Titans cartoon series and then DC just decided to make it happen and it's awesome <laughs> yeah so Wally Weston does his comment the same goes for all of you not the kissing just the bit about being careful out there save the astronauts but don't take any unnecessary risks until we know exactly what we're dealing with Titans go! As Cyborg, Raven, Starfire, and, and Donna Troy. And thus, this is now the greatest comic of all time. Donna Troy is one of the main stars. She even has an art germ variant, finally. Lee and I bought it. They land on Titan, and they immediately also redact the, make the redundancy of the Forever Knot, since they can easily travel to Titan in a matter of seconds. But pardon my annoyance with that comment. Cyborg then detects stuff with his high-technology cybernetics. I'm reading strange gravitational waves coming off the moon. Locate the astronaut Cyborg, see if we see anything can be done for them. We're heading to the surface now. 
they were about to experience loss. Because that has never happened in the DC Universe. Identity crisis, anyone? The astronauts are gone, Nightwing. I'm sorry. The gravitational waves are much stronger on the surface. Rhythmic. I can hear it, like a pulse. Huh? Donna Troy has a line! Le gasp! I can feel a mind here. The pulse. It's a heartbeat! And the temple explodes again! Titans, get on the damn moon! This reminds me so much of JLA slash Titans Detectives Imperative. Oh man, those were the days. Before there was a complicated reboot. So the Titans make their escape before Coriander makes a comment. I know what this is. Star, it's not a moon. It's a prison. Yes. And it is not a battle station either. For a god. Ah, so a giant tentacle worm creature emerges. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. We cannot fight this. We need to go. What? We can't just leave this thing out there. We must. It's a conqueror. It can control us. It cannot be allowed to seize our power. Setting a boom tube for home. No, Cyborg. First, we need the Tamaranian Archives. Then we return to Earth. An hour later. So, Starfire, aka Cory, has assembled the heroes of the world to go ahead and, you know, dealing with this coming crisis as the DC Universe rallies together. Yay! It's called a Necrostar. It cannot be reasoned with, cannot be controlled, and cannot be killed. 30 million years ago, an entire world of Tamaranians tried to stand up against it, a planet of a superpowered warriors. Half were lost warring with this creature. How did your ancestors defeat it? They didn't. It did. Starro. Yep, Starro the Conqueror. So, once again, this Necrostar is... Is is a relation with Star of the Conqueror. The two Star Conquerors fought. Both were wounded. Star retreated, and the Necro Star was weakened to the point where it could be contained by my people. My ancestors were able to freeze it in a prison and send it out into the cosmos. Superman, with his X-ray vision and enhanced senses, goes ahead and zooms in. I can see it. The Necro Star is past Jupiter. It's an hour away at most. So, Batman and Mr. Jeremy have a good play to go for. We do. We can do whatever we can to slow it down. We need to go bigger, send out interplanetary beacons, and gather support from neighboring star systems. Batman, that's correct. We need a universe-wide search for Starro. This is plan A, right? Uh, this, is, uh, this is the nuclear option, right? <laughs> like, this isn't the first plan, right? Oh god, you, you are complete idiots. So, yeah, uh, so anyways, uh, yeah, search for Starro, yeah, we need to find Starro. It, it's a pain that this is not the DC Universe with a dense history of continuity and lore, or otherwise Batman could probably get his son who's Jaro, who's, wait, where's Jaro anyways? Yeah, this is the part where I'm going to just say it, the idiot plot was made here. Tom Taylor, I don't know if he knew, if he just forgot to ask, but there is no mention in this issue 
on where the god's name is Jaro, aka Batman's 10th or 12th Robin at this point. It, it's a whole thing. It happened in Scott Snyder's Justice League. But yeah, um... <laughs> Jaro is never mentioned in this issue. You would think... In a story involving Starro, the Conqueror, and a Necrostar that is powerful enough to fight Starro, that they would have Jaro somehow, or at least mention that he could have been an option, but he's not here, or he's dead from in the aftermath of Death Metal or something. Like, we never saw him after a certain scene, so you could make the argument he got killed, or... Was it ever explained in the Bendis Justice League before the Justice League were temporarily killed off? Yeah. So anyways, Beast Boy points out the logical gaps in the world's greatest detective and the smartest man on Earth. Hold up, you're supposed to be geniuses. Your solution to an unstoppable Star Conqueror is to add another unstoppable Star Conqueror? It's almost like if we went ahead... Huh, he's has a point. We need an entire dance of the Staros event to go ahead and have a conqueror warfare that will lead to the deaths of almost all of them, um, except for a few that will later die, and then the children will get together and, and, and oh wait, I'm thinking half of the dragon. So Batman just kind of snaps at Beast Boy and says, You have a better suggestion, Beast Boy? Yeah, what do you, an animal who can transform into other animals, could possibly know how to handle this. Wait. So Beast Boy points out, um, I think I kinda do. You kinda do? You're gonna have to do a lot better than it would be a shame to lose our whole planet because of your negativity, Batman. Uh yeah, Batman said yeah, uh are we gonna mention that Batman's currently in a war against himself with uh Batman Zahan, or whatever that name's pronounced. Like, you could make an argument he's acting like this because of that split personality he's at war with, but considering that the Bat family's right there and he more or less disowned them afterwards. Uh, yeah. And they're not trying to stop him. Like, when does this exactly take place? Yeah, see, uh, yeah. I get they're trying to keep the fact that the DC Universe has to have their consistent writers, but there's also a continuity here to at least reference if this takes place after certain events, or takes place before certain events, or, you know, any explanation or editorial note. Like, I know if we went here all day, we'd basically be having a novella, a footnotes to explain what the hell is going on. So, I think we're supposed to just enjoy the story if it's good and the artwork's good. But I'm still on the whole Jaro con conquest issue because Jaro was never seen and never brought up, and we don't know if he's dead or alive or if I missed an issue of something. So Raven then just says, I know Gar's mind. The plan requires sacrifice, but it is sound. He doesn't need to be spoken to like a child. He's not one of your Robins. Hey! I resent that, Nightwing would probably should have said. Batman then just turns to Nightwing. Nightwing, this is your call. This is your team. And I trust my team completely. What do you need, Gar? I need the ocean, I need Cyborg, and I need time. 
As such, the heroes of the DC Universe rally their forces as Necrostar makes it past the moon. I need you to buy me time. Strike quickly, avoid Necrostar's touch, and take down every spoil you see or he will use them to control you. Do not become part of the problem. And the Necrospears then proceed to to chung. Then the Necrostar releases his spores across the entire planet as they start swiftly destroying them because, as Starfire later pointed out, because that's the one thing we gotta point out, they're not sentient. They're mindless. Don't hold back. As the superheroes proceed to defeat and destroy the spores as the wars continue. Ew. Cyborg beats, but we're running out of time! Hey, I really want to trust the process here, Gar, but is your plan to fight a planetary threat as a whale? This is step one. Well, I was thinking, well, I actually couldn't think it. My brain wasn't capable, but but the monkey whale has the largest ga gala to brain ratio, and I had to increase my brain capacity to grasp what I have to do. I can feel you, Gar. Are you sure about this? Oh, not at all. This can be very bad and very messy. There's a strong possibility that that'll just explode. But it's not like we have any other choice. Move back. I will move away, but I will still be with you. I will be in your mind. The change has begun. Yeah, and it hurts so much. I'm here with you. I will not leave your mind or your side. You, you're taking some of my pain? Do not think of the pain. Yours or mine. Concentrate on what you must do. I'm trying, but I feel like we're tearing apart. We will hold each other together. Oh yeah, I think the DC Universe... Also, if I recall, the DC Comics kind of forgot that, DC, that Raven was an empath, but the Teen Titans cartoon series kind of never brought that up. Gar! Stop! I can't. It's too late. I can't go back. I go! And he, and thanks to Ivan Reese's artwork, we see a in-process shaping monstrosity of Garfield trying to change forms. It's a pattern always repeating. It starts with despair. So as that's happening and the monstrosity of uh, Uncanny Valley proportions are going on, Necrostar is currently battling the heroes as it starts to fire back. We can't hold it! If the Necrostar touches down the ocean, the flooding will consume nations. I mean, I'm pretty sure the environmentalists will be alright with that, considering how some have lately gone insane to the point that they'll throw fruit at, at paintings. That's it, that will somehow prove a point. But uh, the captain, yeah, <laughs> complicated story on that. Uh, this captain, aka Shazam, aka Captain Marvel, aka he can't say Shazam as his, as his code name because if he does, then um, that kind of goes against the whole process because he'll just revert back to a kid. So he just went with the captain because they can't use Captain Marvel because the legal system sucks. Stay clear. I'm going to hit it with everything I have. Shazam! And one of the Necro Stars infects poor old captain something and because he's possessed he then goes ahead and punches Wonder Woman the Necrostars control Shazam let's see what we can do about it as a miniature miniature Starro oh god they found Jaro finally but he's greater than you oh for fuck's sake 
I warn you, this is probably isn't going to be pretty. And then comes hope. As... Uh, uh, as a miniature Garfield in the form of Starro rips out the uh, necros Necrospore as the battle rages as Garfield calls it out. Hey, Necrostar, get your ancient evil ass away from my planet. Oh, yeah. And the war begins between Starro the Conqueror, aka Beast Boy, and Necrostar. Gar, your star? Starro? Let's go with Garo. <sighs> If this was the Teen Titans show, I'm pretty sure everyone would be groaning and like, Oh, come on, man. That was weak. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gar, I can feel it. The Necrostar is afraid. Good! <laughs> so, but we get the narration again, because this battle is not over. It fe felt like the pattern was repeating again. As Beast Boy, the unlikeliest of saviors, clashed with a continent-sized conqueror. And his mind and body fragmented, he was stretched so thin as he controlled an army of small pieces of himself on Earth. Gar, it's working! Your spores are climbing inside people and taking on the necrospheres. I'm very aware of just how many people I'm inside right now, and it's all incredibly gross! Best not to think about it. That's impossible! My brain is the size of a country! Starborg, are we far? Cyborg, are we far away enough? Yes, this should be far away. Hey, but at the size we're talking, I can only give you 2.3 seconds. Any more than that, and, I, and the tear in the space could pull our planets out of alignment. Right, we should definitely try to avoid messing with planetary orbits. Just put it in our path, I'll do the rest. Do it now! As. <laughs> As Cyborg creates a massive boom tube. Move the size of a continent was opened up in space. Beast Boy delivers the last words. Necrostar, say hello to the Boomerang Nebula, the coldest known place in the universe. And Beast Boy puts the Leviathan 5,000 light years away. The boom tube to the nebula slams shut. Ah! Gar, what is it? I just. I lost an arm in the boom tube. Don't worry, I still have four other arms, and I'm pretty sure I can grow, re regrow that one. What Base Boy and Cyborg achieved together was miraculous. Still, Cy, I hope you feel personally responsible for the fact that we can't celebrate this with a high five. You're gonna have to settle for a gargantuan high four. C Cyborg? In that moment, the heroes felt they were in control. But you cannot control chaos, Cyborg. Sleeping as the helmeted Doctor Hate he arrives and introduces himself. Uh huh. What are you, a medical doctor or do you have a PhD in hate? I realize my name is far from subtle. Let me show you exactly what I am. You, how it doesn't matter. In fact, nothing will matter to you anymore. You have brought so many minds back, but you will lose your own. Beast Boy's mind was the size of a country, so he knew it was the end. Alone in the void, he cried out, Raven! You cannot reach Raven. I'm curious, hero. Why did you fight for humanity? What did you want from them? I just 
wanted them to be better. I wanted them to understand what they were a part of. A single tear ran like a giant river from the Leviathan's eye. Please, I don't want to go. I want to go. Oh, Amanda Waller says thank you, Garfield Logan, and goodbye. Back in Bloodhaven, I can't feel his mind. I can't feel Gar's mind. Cyborg, what's happening up there? Cyborg, can you hear me? Where's Gar? A shadow fell over North America. He's here. No, he's not here. The mind of the boy was lost. All that remained was the beast. As Garo now descends upon the earth, sending out his Garo spores to go ahead and infect the people of Kandak, because of course. Despair, hope, inspiration, triumph. The powder was broken that day, and the day the heroes failed to save the world. A titan claimed the planet. As Black Adam tries to fight these wars, he resists and then yells out as one of them enters his mouth, Get out of me, foul thing, get! And then it transforms into what looks to be a lion, lion beast form of... Uh, of the Black Adam as it summons the lightning. And thus the issue ends. So let's, um, yeah, like I mentioned, the artwork is what really sells this to me, besides the fact that Archer released a Donatroy variant that is awesome as well. But the artwork is what really interests me into the story. The characters are the character characterization is there, except for Batman, Mr. Ed, Mr. Terrific, because they don't really seem to understand what they were asking for. But um, the continuity snarl for Jaro missing is really noticeable for me because I did read the entire death metal event. I even made videos about it on my YouTube channels. And yeah. Even if you brought in Jaro, it still would be like bringing a nuclear bomb into another nuclear bomb scenario, and no one's really using to pacify the other. But Garfield's plan does have merit, and they could have won had, you know, Amanda Waller and her, the light and Dr. Hate got involved in this, and this issue would have ended in one. So they saved the day, and then Dr. Hate comes in and wrecks everything. Though, I'm curious how Dr. Fate has not detected this yet. Like, where is he anyways? You would think he'd be here for the destruction of the Earth, and Cyborg is asleep? Like, shouldn't it have been better to kill him because now he can report back about the Dr. Eight guy running around from his recording data because, you know, he's cybernetic? And, and if Garfield somehow survives this event, um, they now have proof that Amanda Waller is involved in this attempt to destroy them. And Amanda Waller is now going to use this event to try and rise to, this, rise to the occasion. But yeah, so the play is probably screwed. We're all screwed. No idea if this event is going to continue to be counted on. I might just do the core issues. Maybe the, the the Titans and Nightwing tie-ins, but that's probably about it. I'm not going to review the whole event. I'll probably read them, but I probably won't cover them. However, 
this was an insane stuff going on, and my god, oh god. First they dealt with insomnia, then they dealt with Dark Crisis, then they dealt with the bat, the, the Batman who laughs, and now they're dealing with a hero becoming mind-controlled, or have his mind be destroyed by the god of Dr. Hate, which sounds so silver-aged. And now you have a rampaging Black Adam because this is a deliberate callback. No, seriously, this is a callback. Black Adam becoming the first superpowered infected creature, infected warrior. Yeah, uh, this is more or less a reference to Tom Taylor's deceased books, where Black Adam was leading the army of the undead to wage war against the superheroes when he was infected by the anti-life equation. So... Yeah. Welcome to Black Adam to Tom Taylorverse. But that's all we're going to have for today. I'll see you all again next time. Stay tuned for this last outro, and I'll see you all again. This is your host, Eric Brown of Neo Reality Collective, Pop Culture News and Reviews. Feel free to check out my other content, and I'll see you all again next time. Peace. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa.